everyone. Welcome back to Tilts, the interesting liquid talk show. I'm Avery, and they decided to bring my ass back for episode two. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for the positive feedback on the first episode. Be sure to hit the follow button on your podcasting apps. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, and we're on YouTube as well. So be sure to subscribe there. Today on Tilts, we have the Team Liquid League of Legends pro team. Uh, not, not everyone, just two of the players and their brand new head coach. Their summer split starts soon, so what better time to bring them on than now? Today on the show, we have Broxa, the Team Liquid jungler, world's runner-up, the most impeccable posture I have ever seen in my entire life, the Denmark King. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. <laughs> Next up, we have Tactical. He is Team Liquid starting AD Carry, youngest League of Legends pro in North America. Handsome, full of memes, the Zoomer himself. Thank you so much for being here, Tactical. Sup, sup. Lastly, we have Jat. He is the brand new head coach for Team Liquid, former Riot shoutcaster, the voice of NA, and the owner of the world's cutest dog I have ever laid my eyes on. Welcome, Jat, to the show. Look, I'm going to be honest, I'm not too knowledgeable in League of Legends. Uh, would love to learn more about it, which I'm happy that you guys are here to inform me. So give me a little rundown of Liquid League of Legends. I think uh, Team Liquid as a role, as an organization, um, has a pretty interesting ap approach with all the esports, you know, really trying to, to push the limits, trying to always aim to, to be at the top no matter what it takes. And... Um, yeah, I mean, right now we're in a pretty interesting situation here in the league team uh, in the sense that we just played a, a really rough spring split. Um, we have two, um, actually more than two, we have quite a few new members coming in, adjusted our team, and we're about to to hopefully kick off a nice redemption uh, right ahead of the, the summer split. So, um, yeah, we're about to create a, a cool redemption story for ourselves, hopefully, over here. Yeah, I'd also say that uh, for people less familiar with Team Liquid League of Legends, uh, it has a pretty long history. It was actually Team Curse back before it merged into a larger org with Team Liquid back in 2015, and it wasn't always it wasn't always championships. There was there was a meme of always finishing fourth place for a really long time, um, and then that kind of got turned around back in 2018 when Team Liquid won four splits in a row. I wasn't a part of any of that. Uh, actually, none of us on this call were, <laughs> but uh, they won They won the four in a row. Last split was a huge disappointment, finishing ninth out of 10th. And as Broxa mentions, like, it's redemption time because a lot of the people that were around for those four consecutive titles are still here, and we're hoping we can just kind of add to it and get a fifth. You're pretty new to co coaching, right, Jan? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Uh, congrats congrats yeah. <laughs> on the new position, though. That's exciting. Yeah, thanks. So my history was I was a... I was actually a... I'm going to use quotation marks, pro League of Legends player back in 2011 because being a pro was much different than it is now where it's this full-time job. All the pros back then were just the top players who happened to have some organizational skills to form a team so they could join competitions. Um, but we were pretty good. We won a few tournaments. I then actually joined Riot, the company that makes League of Legends, uh, as a QA analyst on the live design team, but very quickly after that became a commentator. And I actually commentated League for almost eight years. So all of the competitive League that has happened 
uh, especially at international events for like English language fans. I've been around to talk about it. And I was also brief stint on the game design team, but now I kind of find myself here trying to, to do it myself. I think you're going to do a great job. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I think you will. Um, I'm just curious, what makes League so unique and different from, from other games that it's similar to? Like when I see Dota... For me, it looks extremely similar to League of Legends, but to you guys, you probably think I'm a big idiot for saying that. But I'm just curious what makes it so so different. Honestly, I have a pretty limited experience with Dota in particular, but compared to a lot of other esports, let's say um, Counter-Strike, for example, the game changes a lot um, over time. It's a really grindy game um, in the sense that Every two, three, four weeks, there's always a patch that changes the game up. There's around, how many champions now? 150 or so, um, with different spells, different abilities that you constantly need to learn. And throughout a year, throughout two years, you go through that giant pool of champions, or at the very least, most of them. So the, the games are constantly, the game is constantly changing. Each game is different. Um, and... Yeah, it's a it's a really cool cool game with five very different roles. Um, I'm not sure what else there's to say really. I think that the way with how like the game changes and all the patch changes happening um, every two-ish weeks is is probably one of the big ones. Um, where something like Counter Strike has been kind of the same for like mm-hmm. 10, 15 years, but here it. I mean, the, the, the main concept of this game stays the same, but that giant pool of champions, as well as some of the items or like in-game things, constantly adapt and change from year to year, which, um, I mean, I've been playing the game for 10 years now, and it feels like every year is, is different, mm-hmm. which makes it really exciting. Have you ever felt like a big patch kind of like fucked up your ability to play the game? Yeah, so I actually... In my first year as a as a professional player, um, I've been pro for three and a half years now. And in my first year, I had a big, big challenge because um, before when I was in school and when I was just playing uh, ranked, playing on my own or playing for smaller teams, I, I only played um, strong carry-oriented champions or champions that I found fun, like assassins and solo carry champs. And then eventually, after being pro for a couple of months, I had to play tanks and play a fully supportive style which i was not used to at all you know i just wanted to get in there make plays and um do do what i had done for so many years and then all of a sudden i was completely thrown off and i had to spend months trying to relearn a, relearn a different style which um is something that that happens once in a while obviously once you have more experience there's a limit to how how hard things can throw you off but for me at the time that was a a really interesting and exciting challenge all of a sudden having to um, obviously I was playing the same role but I had to play the same role in a completely different way due to a patch change did you guys know Jat uh, like were you like not necessarily a fan of him but like <laughs> <laughs> did you meet him before beforehand and were you like a fan of his work as a commentator for me not really I, okay. You're not a fan? Yeah. I mean, I, all, all I care about is about the solo queue. Then, whenever I watch LCS, I'd be like, oh, cool, it's the commentators. And I would never mm-hmm. bother to remember who they were, really. Like, I would, maybe I would remember because I watched so many times, but like I never really thought of them. I just thought of them. They're shoutcasting it, and it, it sounded good on broadcast, so nice. 
Thanks, man. Nice. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure. I mean, I've been, uh, I've definitely been a, a pretty big fan of some of the, the commentators, and Jad uh, for me has been pretty high up there as well. Um, especially because um, he he was one of the the casters with a lot of knowledge about the game. Um, really bringing in the analytical point of view as well, which I found really interesting. Because um, most casters have knowledge about the game to a certain point, but there's only like a handful of them that go, you know, um, that can go all the way when it comes to the analytical side of it. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been watching for so many years, like, and... Uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool seeing uh, I think I started watching in like season two, season three. Oh, wow. Um, watching both uh, EU and, and NALCS back then. So I've been uh, listening to jazz casting for quite a couple of years by now. <laughs> How did you find out he was going to be your new coach? Um, after, after Spring Split. Um, we had uh, a lot of talks about how we want wanted to move forward, what we could change within the team. And um, eventually, Steve, our owner, came to the conclusion that, um, oh, I mean, I guess together, but Steve made the final decision that uh, bringing on an additional coach um, could be really beneficial for our team um, because Dodo and, and Kane, as well as our analyst Tyler, were already doing a great job. but. Just adding, um, adding more people, more manpower, and adding someone with with different strengths than the current coaching staff had was, um, you know, would be a really good idea in terms of moving forward. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we had the team talks, and a couple of weeks or maybe a month after, Chad appears. <laughs> <laughs> so there's multiple coaches on a single team. Yeah, Is that so how it yes. works. It, they all it, like different positions. It definitely depends on the team, and League of Legends coaching uh, is kind of constantly evolving. So, if you were to compare it to, say, a professional football or basketball team's coaching staff, there is going to be a head coach. And if we're using American football, there is an offensive and a defensive coordinator that focus on the offense and defense, respectively. And then there would be wide receiver coaches or assistants or. Coaching staffs can range massively in terms of size because a guy who's coaching the high school football team in your local community might be doing it by himself. But if you have a professional team, you're going to have 15 coaches, right? So especially with Team Liquid always trying to push the envelope and not worry about investment um, – or sorry, like just just do everything you need to do to win, uh, it's – it's quite cool that we are able to have such a large coaching staff because then it's about finding ways to get value out of all this stuff. So we're capable of doing some things that other teams aren't capable of doing because of the size of our coaching staff in terms of analysis or research or presentations. So it's about trying to find a way to make all that work. Yeah, definitely. Um, for your, for your, you guys are practicing now for your, for your comeback. Mm -hmm. Have you been in like full practice mode? Like are you guys going crazy? So we've been scrimming for, this is our third week. We started scrims before a lot of the other LCS teams did. And that's generally pretty long days, five or six days a week. So we're, we're going pretty hard, especially with the remote aspect adding challenges to all of it. Are the players practicing well during quarantine? Is it like changing anything, like the quarantine? 
I feel like the quarantine changes things quite a lot and playing online and, and having to, you know, do all our meetings and discussions online rather than in person is a bit, I don't know, it's a bit off. It's not really ideal because um, obviously when we play the game, we do play online, we do sit at mm -hmm. our PC, but um, having that in-person contact and being able to, to sit together in the same room and, and watching a screen and going through something together makes everything a lot smoother. And especially now um, with the new people coming onto the team, chat, for example, you know, talking to him online is one thing, but meeting him in person and, and getting to know each other in that way is a bit of a, you know, it's, it's quite different to say the least. Um, so the, generally speaking, I feel like we've been doing pretty all right. Mm -hmm. um, practice has been going going pretty well, improving day by day. And I think everyone by now has gotten into their, their routines and are, yeah, we're, we're slowly but surely getting getting back on track. Do you think it's like affecting the team's relationships at all? I don't feel like it's affecting the relationships in that sense. It's just, it's a bit of a tricky situation, right? But at the same time, how I feel about it is that when you are a professional gamer, you're affected way less than a lot of other people out there. So if you look at the, the bigger picture, we are, we are very lucky with the situation we're in. In, in terms of the practice, it's not 100% ideal, but it could be a lot worse. Definitely. Tactical, do you feel like this is like affecting your first LCS season, kind of? Like the quarantine? Yeah, the ideally, way? I would want to play in the studio because that looks yeah. much more exciting. But since we cannot, honestly, we've, we see we've scrimmed three weeks already and then I'm already super used to it. And for me, it wasn't it was not too long ago that I was only playing online. Maybe like a year and a half ago, I was still playing in like online tournaments. So compared to like Brox, who's been professional player for three and a half years, you said, it might feel less strange for me. Mm -hmm. But I definitely do feel a difference between like being able to see my teammates in person. I think it like it's just be more fun that way. Is there like a big difference playing online versus on stage, would you say? I haven't played on stage that much, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I played in Academy last year, so a lot of my matches were still remote, so it's sort of the same for me. That that definitely is a big difference, but it also depends on on the stage and on the game you're about to play, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, but in terms of the mental aspect, there's a really big difference in terms of just playing here from like playing here in my room from yeah. um, going all the way over to the studio, uh, going through the, the process there, like getting makeup, having team meeting right before the game, sitting together in the room and slowly while you're getting closer and closer to actually walking on stage, you can feel you can feel you know the pressure and you sit on stage, you see the crowd in front of you, you can hear the casters a little bit. There, there's a lot of things going on, right? And for me, um, we we played uh, the last bit of the previous split here from home, and it felt so so weird because mm -hmm. I didn't even remember. The, I mean, I do remember the last time I played without an audience in front of me, but it, it's such a different experience, right? But at the same time, like playing in the studio is one thing. You you can feel a bit more pressure, and it feels way more exciting playing there. Um, but if you compare that to playing in a big arena with like 5,000, 10,000 plus people, then that's like a wall, wall other level. 
you guys still get really nervous on stage? I know tactical. I I did my research beforehand, so I watched a couple of the squad videos. I watched both your squad videos. Um, tactical, you got a little nervous um, last split. I don't know, Brox, I don't know if you get nervous, but do you guys still feel those nerves or do you guys think those nerves will come back when it's time to perform on stage again? <laughs> I think I'll have nerves for like maybe one game, but that's, that's it. Yeah, I think you can handle it. I think, yeah, I think once I mean, you start getting into the game, the nerves definitely go away. Yeah. For me, it's more about like, I'm playing the LCS now. That's so cool. Rather than like the game <laughs> itself. You know, that's for me at least. How I feel about it is that um, if you don't have nerves, something is wrong. Yeah. I feel like whenever you're about to play a game, regardless of the importance of it, but when you're about to play a competitive game, you need to have a little bit of nerves and the most important thing is that you you use the nerves to actually make you better rather than make you worse. And this is something I struggled with a little bit at the start of my career in my first split in particular, because I got so nervous going on stage. And it was it was pretty it's pretty tricky to play, you know, when you get so nervous and you start thinking about, oh no, what's gonna happen if I make a mistake and I'm so scared of doing anything. Um but but if you just use the nerves to Instead of like overthinking, to just focus and, and make your play even better, to just live in the moment and focus on your play, then I think that's really when you can perform the best. Definitely. When your adrenaline is up, you definitely... Uh, I think it helps, to be honest with you, when the adrenaline is up. Um, mm, for sure. You're the, you're the youngest player, um, tactical. Yep. Right? Go off. Okay. Um, is it like, is it like a point of pride or does it make you feel like you have more pressure on you being the youngest player? It's a point of pride. <laughs> okay. I could, I'm the, I could be goofy. What year are you again? Are you nine, 2000? 2000. 2001? 2000. Yeah. He gets to, he, he calls everyone boomers. That's his like privilege. <laughs> See, I saw that in the squad video. You're yeah. like boomer. And I can't remember yeah. who it was. They were like, yeah. what is happening? It's like literally every time someone dies who's like not tactical, he's just like, oh, boomer mechanics. Like it's just. Yeah. <laughs> Four boomers, one zoomer. Yeah. <laughs> one zoomer. Um, it's actually pretty funny though, because when I came here, like I joined around half a year ago. And when I joined, I was told, because I was the youngest one at the time. Um, I'm from 97, so I'm three years older than Tactical. And I was told before coming here that I had to be the young, energetic one, you know, pushing <laughs> all the older guys, you know, bringing the motivation, bringing the excitement. And now all of a sudden Tactical is here was even younger than me. So it's a pretty <laughs> interesting change. <laughs> do you like, you do, you, do you ever talk to your, uh, I, I don't know, high school friends, I guess, and kind of like rub it in their face that um, you're this big professional gamer at your young age no nah, i don't or, rub it in it's not hey, i might do it like in a sarcastic ton yeah, yeah. For fun like yeah if i could but it's not serious at all what i'm saying like i don't mean it but like i might do it for fun where it's like yeah i'm on team liquid now and blah blah blah, blah, blah. and then obviously in like a really troll tone not like because i actually mean it or think about it seriously that way but yeah I wouldn't say that I, I rub it in either. Um, it's pretty funny though, because most of, of my high school friends, we played a, a small tournament together. Like in my high school, there was uh, like a LAN party with a League of Legends tournament twice a year. And some of us would play in that tournament together at the time. And I would be challenger, like I would be 
um, among the top 200 players in Europe at the time and everyone else would be pretty, pretty low ranks, like around silver gold. And they would just be be walking around there, you know, bragging like, oh, we have this guy on our team, he's going to smash you all kind of thing. And then now uh, all of a sudden I'm a pro player and um, so, I don't know, they're all just really excited and supportive. And one of the coolest experiences I've had playing was... Um, that was two years ago where uh, the, the EU finals took place in Copenhagen. Um, and I'm Danish and it's the capital of, of Denmark. Mm. So I had a lot of family, a lot of friends coming to watch and all of them were, were you know, going absolutely nuts, um, screaming, screaming at me from the audience. So uh, really, really supportive friends, that's for sure. That's so sweet. I have a question for Jat. Um, what's it like transitioning uh, into a new role during this crisis, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> transitioning to a new role and like switching careers in the middle of a uh, lockdown is very strange. <laughs> Just like, uh, so I was at Riot since February of 2012. So I was there for over eight years. And the fact that I, you know, left that job to join Team Liquid, like just while everyone was working from home, uh, is, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks because I'm not able to say, you know, the proper goodbyes to people. I'm not able to have those like, in person, like emotional connections with them and, and talking about how much the time I spent at Riot meant to me. But I also can't be too negative about it because as Broxen mentioned earlier, like even right now, the the three of us on this call from Team Liquid, we're just like so lucky. Like I look at what's happened in the rest of the world in terms of uh, unemployment and people finding jobs and even what's happened to like every other professional sports league. I mean, we're... I actually was just looking at ESPN right before this, and apparently a hun hundreds of players have been cut in minor league baseball. So, like, the fact that we are still able to prepare for uh, competitive league games and, like, the fact that I can find a new job, uh, be a head coach of this really talented, really cool League of Legends team, like, I'm basically just super, super lucky. So while it is really, really weird that this happened and that this happened now, right? During the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, I, you know, I actually feel like I'm just super, super lucky. So hope that, hope that answers the question. <laughs> Is there anything you're going to like miss the most from working with Riot for eight years? Yeah, I think I'm going to miss the people the most. I really loved the people and the relationships that I had at Riot. My co-casters, my managers, my producers, everyone on the production staff. Uh, the really cool thing is I'm actually not going that far. I'm doing something different now, right? Like I'm trying to win mm -hmm. rather than trying to tell a compelling story. But uh, when, you know, I'm, I'm still, I still think it's going to happen. When eventually we are back in studio, uh, I'll still be able to see a lot of those people again. Uh, it's just going to be in a different capacity, right? Because yeah. I'm going to be trying to win for Team Liquid. So, but I'm going to miss the people the most. Think it's going to be weird, or are you excited to see them again? Both. <laughs> I think it's going to be weird, and I'm excited to see them again. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like you have um, imposter syndrome with your new uh, role? 
I don't I know. It depends what you define as imposter syndrome. <laughs> Maybe like you feel like you're not prepared for the role. I feel like you're prepared for the role with your years of experience. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's strange. I. I am confident, but I don't want to be arrogant because mm-hmm. I do not have head coaching League of Legends experience. So, uh, Brock's in tactical. No, like I'm not coming in and saying you're all wrong. Listen to me. I like, that's not how I'm going to do things. That's not how I will continue to try and do things. But I do feel like I can think critically about a lot of topics. I do have a lot of experience in related fields and I can apply that to try and make us better. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I like feel like an imposter, but I think I'm fully aware that I'm coming in as a new head coach, I'm going to make mistakes. I think Brock's and Tactical know I'll make mistakes, but I'm also going to try and add value. So coming in with as much honesty and transparency and communication as possible is just, you know, what I'm going to do and what I've been doing. Uh, Brock's and Tactical, do you guys, were you guys like worried at all with having a new coach with no coaching experience? Did it worry you at all? You can say yes, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend I'm not here. <laughs> Well, honestly, that's like my last worry. Right now, I'm like glad I'm able to play in LCS in the first place. Like, because usually it's not it's not common that you see an academy player move up to an LCS team in the middle of a year between the splits. So, I'm happy to work with whatever I have. I mean, personally, I think um, what Jad said was pretty interesting because. You know, coming in as a new coach and even admitting he's going to make mistakes is pretty interesting because I think that's completely unacceptable. Obviously, a coach can't make mistakes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, like based based off of um, you know the, the talks I've had with Jazz so far, I'm I'm pretty confident in him as well, and um, I, I like the way he's approaching the head coach role as well with like trying to be. Just trying to to learn along the way while still bringing some of his own opinions and own thoughts. And um, for me, it's also really exciting having someone come in who has been around the scene for so long, but who who comes in with a completely different um, perspective, being a a caster as well as game designer for a bit. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's really exciting. Do you feel like you're losing a more personal connection with your players? because of what's going on right now? Uh, I mean, like, losing is a strange thing. It's definitely making it harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's no way that I would say, like, Blue Sky, how would you like to come in and be the new head coach of a League of Legends team? I'd be like, all right, first off, I need to be in my bedroom. Second, I want them as spread out as possible. Third, I want to only be able to communicate online. No person-to-person con. Like, come on, it's it's really a difficult thing, but we're kind of we're making the best of it in terms of trying to have meetings. I'm trying to you know chat up on Discord. I like it. You know, I actually you two. I know it's I know it's hard, but I like it when you stream. It's it's an easier way of stalking your solo queue. I can I feel like <laughs> then I have something to talk to you about in the morning. But either way, uh, like every day we're still working together. We're in a call all day during scrims, before a game, after a game. We're talking. It will absolutely be easier when we're at the training facility. Mm-hmm. Way better. But uh, it is what it is. When do you think you guys will be able to see each other? Do you guys all live in L.A. area? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. we're all in LA. Um, close to. Are you guys in the same house? <laughs> Is it like all the same? Not not Jat. Is there like a specific gaming house for all you guys? No. It, okay. it it depends. There's a large amount of the players and staff are in apartments. Uh, okay. Some of the players live in, you know, offsite basically in their own place. I am still living where I was, you know, when I was a ride. I've not moved. Mm -hmm. So we're we're relatively spread out. I think Brox and Tactical uh, are definitely much closer. But yeah, for the most yeah. part, we're, we're not like uh, Team Liquid normal setup is people can live where they want. Team Liquid will supply housing for the people that want it, but the training facility is there for practice. So, weirdly, uh, like some teams were still using a gaming house, which, in a sense, in terms of like the infrastructure of League, uh, you could say that, like, in, in my opinion, apartments and office space, apartments and training facility, which is what Liquid has, is, I think, better than gaming house where you also practice because then you don't have that separation of work and life. Mm -hmm. When this happens, though, it would be nice to have the gaming house yes. because when you are told to stay at home, if your home is also your office, then it's fine, right? So in a weird way, uh, right now, it is not paying off to have had the training facility, but it will be better when we can, when we can use it again. Do you guys think if there were matches going on tomorrow, you could win a game? Yeah. Of course. I would surely oh, hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Should new talent be given more opportunities to prove themselves? Yeah. If the talent are able to prove themselves within their own org and, and the org sees value in them, then yeah. Do you get a lot of hate for replacing double lift? I don't, I don't think so, actually. Or do you feel like you, a lot of people like you? Yeah, I think so far the, the majority of the interactions I've been I've been having with random tweets at me have been positive so I got that going on for me Brock said you get any hate on on Twitter <laughs> I um well, for the most part I have very very nice and supportive fans I have experienced quite a few times in the past especially when getting knocked out of worlds getting knocked out of international events um, there has been a, a couple of messages here and there that uh, could be a little swallowed or tough, you know, depending yeah. on the mood. Sometimes I could laugh at them. Sometimes it could could hit pretty hard. Um, because especially, I, I think one of the worst times was probably in, in 2018 because on Fnatic we got all the way to the world final and a lot of um, people from the Western world were, were hoping or it kind of... I don't want to say expecting us to win, but there was a lot of pressure on us to win. And uh, then we, we just lost 0-3. And uh, yeah, checking my, my private messages after that was was not the most pleasant experience. But <laughs> for, for the most part and throughout the year, you know, 99% or more of, of, of my fans are, are really supportive and kind. But there's always going to be this one person that's going to be really oh, yeah. into you, right? And, like even, and even if what I do is completely perfect... Someone from a rival team could, or, or just some random person can just, you know, write something really mean to me. It's pretty mm -hmm. hard to avoid, right? That's how and it You goes. can get like 20 nice comments and you're like, oh, that's great. And then you get the one mean comment and that one sticks with you for like, it sticks more than the nice comments. Yeah, I, I feel like you get used to it though. Um, Especially oh, jungling yeah. in uh, League, you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even 
even playing solo queue. You know, my 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 role is a uh, it's pretty rough when it comes to that. Like I can play a perfect game and other players can get get salty at me or blame me for their mistakes or get really mad. That's just how it goes. But I, I think at the start of my career it was a bit tricky to accept at times, but eventually I feel like I just got used to it. Like a lot of players don't really want to know what the fans say about them either mm -hmm. and just stay entirely off social media or Reddit, especially after a bad game. And I tend to do the same, but most often I like knowing what, what the public says about me and what's going on. Because um, I feel like it's, I don't know, it, it just, I guess it, it just feels good knowing what's going on, you know, and prepares me pretty well for um, what's to come. Do you ever like? Do you ever read the Team Liquid or the League Reddit? Yeah, I actually, I actually do. Probably, probably way too much to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, I, I did the same thing even even when I wasn't a pro player. I'm now probably a bit more because it's kind of interesting to see what's going on around the scene, and I now know. Uh, a lot of the people within the scene in a bit of a different way and it's kind of cool to see what's going on both with teams and content creators influencers and changes in the game and whatnot how do you know when feedback is like good feedback or bad feedback like do you ever read something and you're like oh that's stupid or i think sometimes when like let's say if you know those times in the past where we would drop out of a tournament and a lot of fans would be completely furious. A lot of the feedback they give is, is kind of interesting in the sense that um, people can write something something about how we played or what we did wrong and they can, you know, like w whenever you lose, fans, or some fans at least, are always going to want to find a scapegoat. Like even casters, I mean anyone, you know, if someone loses, a player usually is scapegoated. And generally how I like to see everything is that like whenever I have been in that position, usually how I think about it is that no one out there is going to be more angry and frustrated than I am. Like you as the player will always be so much more angry at yourself and actually know what you did well, what you did wrong. Um, and most importantly, just taking in your own feedback and the feedback coming from the closest people around you, like your, your teammates and the coaches, um, because that's something you can actually work with. It's the same thing yeah. in, in, like in, in, in sports, you know, like people, older people can sit at the TV, watch a football match and they you know, their team is losing and they sit there and scream at their players mm -hmm. and yell at them. But in, in this case, because a lot of the the fans and community around the scene are younger, um, some of them tend to become keyboard warriors on the internet, right? So oh, yeah. um, it, it creates a bit of a different situation because they can actually reach out directly to the players. Um, do you, Tactical, do you read like Reddit, like the Team Liquid Reddit and the League of Legends Reddit at all? I used to read it more often, but recently not really. I decided that it's probably better for me that I don't look at anything at all. And I have not looked at it for a while now. Nice. I think that's good. You probably would get a bit too much confidence yeah, looking I'm, at the Team Liquid one lately. Yeah, I'm sure uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll 
start to experience more of the hate once the else like once I get to play more matches, maybe I might mess up, and then it'll be worse because I've only played three games on LCS, mm-hmm. so there's not much to say much about me, and we won two out of the three games, so mm-hmm. there's not much anyone can really say to me yet. But I'm sure at, starting at some point, I'll get those occasional people who will want to send me hate or say something bad about me. I played, but obviously, like Prox has said, the players will know better that how angry and how frustrated they'll feel. So I don't need any validation for anyone else to feel that. I think a lot of Brox's answers would be similar to mine. And like, how do you deal with negative feedback? Because like, as a caster, you actually get a ton of negative feedback. Weirdly yeah. enough, weirdly enough, uh, when North America would lose at international events, like I get flamed. Um, so like, uh, that's why it's going to feel really good if I can make a difference, uh, for that as a coach, because as a caster, I have no input on how well my region's teams do. So going to try and fix that problem a little bit, but that's why I became a coach. Yeah. That's the, it's Reddit. Reddit did it. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, what I like what Brox has said about trusting your, inner circle so that's like that would honestly be my advice and i'm glad brox has said it to anyone trying to deal with like internet criticism because it can be tempting to read it and it can be good to read it like positive sentiment is good and can help fuel motivation but an overload of negative sentiment especially from people who are judging you based off of an extremely small, small part of your career and who you are and what they've observed. Like, you can filter that stuff out, but the important thing is that you have people who can give it to you straight that you trust, right? So um, I was, you know, I had some great mentors uh, when I, you know, as a caster from other people that I was able to talk to when I was feeling stressed and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's really important to be able to find those people uh, in your life because, yeah, Reddit and Twitter will always get super negative on you at some point, almost, almost no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, we, we, we can, especially within Team Liquid, we can help support each other if stuff turns negative. But it's not a big deal if you read it or don't. Do you think you'll get more negative feedback or maybe positive feedback being a coach uh, instead of a commentator? Well, uh, that that depends on how Team Liquid does in summer. <laughs> we, we'll make sure he gets a lot of positive. Yeah, feedback. even yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> this is all I, on I, you guys. I feel like it's also important to highlight that, G- generally speaking, most of the fans are actually actually really positive and really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are those times of the year when whenever a region does poorly at international events, where things can get a little crazy for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially NA um, got hit pretty hard at last Worlds, yep. but gen- <laughs> yep. <laughs> gen- generally speaking, the fans are, are really, really nice and supportive. And I'm sure I felt that when when joining Team Liquid, for example, I'm sure Tactical felt the same. That it's like you're you're just joining the team pretty much out of nowhere, um, kind of unexpectedly, and then so many people welcome you with open arms, sending you so many kind and supportive messages and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same 
you know, whenever whenever we're streaming or something. There's so many people coming in just to, to have a good time and spread positive and, and good vibes, which is which is really nice. Yeah. We have a we overall, um, if all you did is read Reddit and you're just like reading the titles of like, wow, our community is so toxic. Like that's an exception. I think Brox is right. The majority of people uh that support us and are fans of <laughs> League of Legends esports, like it's pretty great. <laughs> There's a lot of really positive people. So I'm happy for that as well. <laughs> Wait, do you actually think that the league community is toxic? Depends. I've, I I <laughs> think when it comes to it, most communities that are in a competitive setting, um, especially in video games, can be pretty toxic. Because mm-hmm. generally, there's a bit... I don't know, I'm, I'm going to call it a meme. Like, there's a meme about League of Legends being extremely toxic and being such a bad community. But I've played other games in the past as well where I would literally quit the game after a week or so because people would flame me to the ground for being bad at the game, um, which is not really much of a surprise. I mean, being bad at the game is because I've spent like 10 years playing more, more or less exclusively League of Legends, right? But um, it, it's... Whenever you're really into something, um, whether it's esports or regular sports, and you get so excited about it, and you just you're really competitive, you really want to win. Obviously, if something goes south, or you know you're gonna get really frustrated, or in some cases, if someone does really really well, you're gonna get really jealous, and you you know want to get some anger out of them. And I feel like in sports, in sports it can happen as well that people get frustrated at each other and start yelling at each other or something. But when someone can say these things hiding behind a PC, the chances of it happening is just so much bigger. And that goes for League. Um, I, I feel like we've seen a lot of it in League because it's been one of the biggest games for so long. But from my own personal experience, it happens a lot in other games as well. That's just how the internet works. Is your are you strictly only league? Like I know you're pro league, but do you play any other games? I rarely play other games. Uh, I, I used to play other games a bit more, but after becoming a pro player, how I look at it is that if I spend my free time playing a lot of other games, then <laughs> I mean I don't want to say I don't have a life, but it's pretty extreme. Like I, I can never get away from my PC ever. And for me, having some time away from the PC and, and getting to do something else, um, spending time with, with close ones or going for a walk or, or doing whatever is, is really important. And given um how how grindy this job is and how much work it takes how many hours it takes a day it's pretty hard to fit in other games obviously during the off season it could be possible but throughout the season it, it can be pretty pretty difficult i know you played some other games during the off season tactical yeah but then for me eventually i'll always have the the ranked withdrawals where after maybe five if i don't play for Solki for five days i'll be like i i really want to play like I can't wait any longer. I have to play or else it's like, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Tactical, do you have an addictive personality? I have no idea. You don't, you don't know? Yeah, I don't know. Because you're, you're thinking about League when you're not playing League. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you that way with like anything else or is it just strictly League? Just League. What game did you play just before League? 
Team Fortress 2, Maple Story. <laughs> How good were you at Team Fortress 2? I mean, I was like, I was like playing like an amateur level. Obviously, I wasn't very, I, not obviously, but I wasn't very good. But I liked the competitiveness mm-hmm. of a game I enjoyed. So I did that. And then I, a friend showed me League of Legends. Yeah. And I was hooked instantly. Like, I, they tried to get me to play for like two weeks. And I kept saying no every time. Mm-hmm. And I played one game. And I was just playing it every day <laughs> all of a sudden. I, the whole day, every day. Should I give it a shot? I feel like I'm missing out with League. I played it for I like mean, five minutes. Someone's like, someone's like, oh, try out League. And I got to like five minutes in the tutorial. And I was like, I can't fucking do this. I don't know what's going do you play on Dota? right now. For me, at least. I've never played Dota, no. Like, I just don't know what's going on. I it see. just seems so confusing. For me, I didn't know what's going on either. But I just clicked. Something, something, it was just fun for me. Did you like choose a specific character? And then you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is the I person remember. I'm playing as. All I remember is that I'm running around pressing random buttons <laughs> like this is so fun see that's that's what makes it difficult for me because i'm running around pressing random buttons and i'm like i don't know what's going on how do i do this yeah yeah some people will like different types of games in different ways but for me it just clicked at the beginning uh, yeah i mean uh this guy tactical so we played five days of scrims and then we took saturday sunday off this last week um this week we're playing six days of scrims and i was like how was the weekend intact was like i can't believe we had two off days like i wanted to scrim like after one i was like <laughs> i don't know what to do with my time after one day so like it's good to have motivation like that because mm-hmm. if if you want to win like if you think about professional nba players or uh, other professional sports like your traditional schedules don't don't work and your traditional hobbies oftentimes you don't have time for them it's it's a harsh reality, but it's also what mm-hmm. you need to do to be the best. So, uh, yeah, I even as a caster, I, I've had a hard time getting like good at other games. Uh, like I, I'll I'll play yeah. them, I'll try them, but you know, league, league kind of has to be the game you play if you want to be the best. So, you you still play league a lot, or are you just coach? Well, I mean, uh, let me tell you, after after a, a hard day of focus, when I when I play, I play bad <laughs> but yeah i still <laughs> i still play league i'm uh i think right now my uh boomer mechanics have me in diamond three as tactical would say but uh i'm still like <laughs> what is that like top two percent or something it's not you sit you tell a pro that you're diamond three they tell you you're awful compared to an average player it's pretty good but yeah that's where i'm at i've actually had a bunch of wrist issues because i've been playing games like from high school, probably till when I was 25, I probably played like 12 hours of video games a day and had really bad wrist posture. So I actually had a few surgeries on my wrist and elbow. So I, I actually can't play more than like four or five games a day, even if I want to now. That's what they call a boomer. Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? What, is, what was the wrist? Um, I mean, it doesn't really show up. I actually had a bunch of stuff done. Um, so I actually, it's this thing called the TFCC which is um, a bunch of cartilage around the outside of your wrist here. Um, Funny story. Basically, it just like started hurting one day. Um, I thought maybe I hurt it playing basketball because I fell down, but like it never really hurt that much in the moment. The weird thing with TFCC injuries, as I learned over the years, because it's really hard to get like a diagnosis on it, is that they don't heal naturally because there's no blood flow. So... Eventually, uh, I found like a specialist who was able to say like, hey, I think you have a TFCC tear. Um, But just because of like the, 
I don't, I don't know, architecture of the wrist, even an MRI can't find out if you have one. So you have to go in with a, with a scope. So I'm like, all right, whatever, let's, let's do a scope. And for that, uh, <laughs> he was like, all right, we're going to do the scope. And there's, there's three things that it could be. Um, there could be no tear. And then it's just like, you're just going to, you know, deal with this pain for however long. Uh, there could be one type of tear, in which case you'll be in a cast for two weeks. Or you could have this other type of tear, which is a harder thing to repair and means you'll be immobilized in a cast for five weeks. And you need to do a general anesthetic for that, so they put you under. And I wake up, and obviously, you know, something's happened. So either it was the scope or, you know, one of the other two things. Doctor comes back in, and he's like, so... You had both tears. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, sweet. <laughs> so I was in a cast for six weeks and probably didn't have full strength back for about a year um, after wow. doing a bunch of physical therapy. Um, and the way they actually solve it is they, it, it basically, they, they fix the tear by making scar tissue. So I have a bunch of scar tissue in my wrist. Also, do you know your funny bone? Um, yeah. Have you ever hit your funny bone? That's actually called your ulnar nerve. Um, it runs all the way from your shoulder down to the bottom of your pinky and about half of your ring finger. So if you're someone who like sleeps on your side a lot, there's a good chance that you have numbness in your pinky and half of your ring finger. Um, or your pinky will actually curl a little bit when it's at, when it's at rest. So kind of like that, but you can straighten it. But if like your default is like that, maybe your ulnar nerve is a little pinched. Anyway, when your ulnar nerve gets really pinched, they actually move it. So my ulnar nerve in my elbow is actually in a different place. So I can't actually hit my funny bone anymore because it's not there. You're so lucky. Um, in a sense. I mean, like yeah. the fact that you had to, you know, get wrist <laughs> surgery and stuff. Um. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's like, I don't know. I, I can lift weights again, which I couldn't do when I had the TFCC tear. It's either from like the TFCC is either from basketball or it's from excessive gaming. I'm not sure. The ulnar nerve is definitely from posture and like years of having it crunched up in the wrong way. But whatever it means is if I, like I've noticed if I am on the computer for like more than three or four hours a day, my wrist will start hurting again. So I actually, like you guys, when we're in review, I'm doing everything with my left hand. Um, I've just switched to left hand mouse unless I'm playing league, in which case it's right hand. So it's a, uh, that's just it. <laughs> that's it's that that's my wrist issues. Are <laughs> right, Braxa tactical? Are you guys like nervous for your hands now? Nervous for your wrists? Are you guys keeping pretty good care of your, it's your fine. wrist exercises? <laughs> it's fine. I'll just stretch them once in a while. I mean, yeah, you're a zoomer. You should be good for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, but, um, the zoomer buff. You have many years left in you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, the next generation is going to have access to much better care because like my journey through the medical system to try and find treatment for this was like really hard because mm -hmm. there was I, I it I could never find a person who actually understood what like competitive gaming would be whereas like Team Liquid uh, as far as I know actually has a physical therapist that actually like both pre-COVID would come weekly and work with the guys to make sure that they had whatever therapy they needed and make sure that they're sitting with the right posture. So like, I think all this stuff is actually avoidable. I just did not avoid when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was about to say that as well, that um, 
uh, as you just mentioned before before the pandemic went out of control, we actually had um, both a physical therapist and a chiropractor coming. Um, and they would like rotate weekly. So one week it would be the fushu, then it would be the chiropractor, then fushu, and then it would kind of keep going like this. This is something I was extremely impressed about coming here because mm-hmm. when when I became a pro game, I actually I went to the fushu therapist on my own back home in Denmark to try to make sure that everything is all right to get some exercises that I can do to avoid any issues because it is pretty common that pro gamers get or even gamers in general have mm-hmm. wrist issues or back mm-hmm. issues or whatever it may be and here at Team Liquid I didn't even have to ask for any of it it's like I I randomly appear you know one day in the middle of the split and then they tell me oh by the way in two days you can go to the first show if you want here you go <laughs> I'm like what you know what is happening this is so this is so awesome um, so so having Having these things and you know, with with people in the organization already knowing how important it is and and handing it to us players, um, it's just one good example of you know how well we are being taken care of and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Do you ever avoid putting yourself in situations where you could hurt your your wrist or your hands, or do you think you're pretty? Good. I I've actually thought about it before. Um, <laughs> I remember that there's been times in the past um, where I would go, to, like let's say, I would go to a trampoline park or something, and I would think to myself, "Oh no, I need to be really careful here because if something goes wrong, <laughs> then uh, my career is kind of over." Especially because depending on depending on the issue and depending on you know how bad you hold yourself, it can actually really damage your career mm-hmm. in the long run right um so so i've had times um that's just being one random example where i thought to myself Oof, I, I actually need to be careful here tactical you don't <laughs> you don't care nah. about i mean once in a while it'll hurt for like 10 seconds and that's it <laughs> you give it a little and then i'll be like oh wait i gotta good. stretch it i forgot to stretch it i'll do that this. and i won't feel it again for a few months and then i'll be good oh my yeah. god stretch yeah. But yeah, you better stretch your wrist. Stretch. Last year, I had a pretty good posture on my chair, actually, but I think it got worse this year. Posture check. I don't know what happened. But, but you're aware of it. That's the first Yeah, <laughs> I'm always aware. <laughs> I'm always thinking about it. Are you? Like your posture? Yeah, cause I'm like, I'm, sometimes I feel like maybe my armrest is too high or like, like it doesn't, I don't know. But <laughs> I'm always trying to like find the optimal setup. Because yeah, obviously, Broxy, so you got uh, amazing posture. I'm, I'm looking. You're like, <laughs> you're, you're like yeah. sitting straight up. <laughs> I'm over here like Quasimodo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because normally I try to think about it as well, but then when I'm playing and I, it gets really serious, then I my body just automatically you know moves forward yeah. like mm-hmm. this when I'm really focused. Oh, but this yeah. is something really important to keep in mind. That's for sure. Do you ever like sit there and you're like, oh god, I'm slouching? Like on like stage, do you think that or are you too into the game? Um it has happened before that I <laughs> that I, I thought that. <laughs> I think more I, so in scrims rather than on stage in serious games, because in scrims I'm trying to build the habits, right? It's kind of funny. I actually had an example of when I would move forward not noticing. When in the off season I was trying to play other games, like for example, Valorant came out. And I'll play more FPS games. I noticed one night I was super focused. And I was like lean forward. And the next day I woke up, my, my shoulders, something were sore. And I'm like, oh my God, they're really sore. I can't really move them anymore. Like 
So I had to make sure our posture was good after that, even when I play an FPS game. But usually when I play League, it stays the same most of the game. Most of the game. I didn't realize we were already at an hour. Jeez. Damn. Look at us go, guys. <laughs> Poggies. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never heard that one. Really? Poggies? That's a new one. They switch it up right now. There's, the pog, there's pog. And there's pog. There's Poggies. Poggy. Poggy. Poggo? Poggyu? Pause chat? Poggyu, yeah. Poggo? Yeah, yeah. so, some of those I've heard, but okay. how have I not seen most of those? Like, I'm, I'm streaming so much and I don't even know them. Poggers? Are you, are you, do you feel like you're streaming more with this uh, pandemic going on now? Jai, you must love that. Yeah. That he's Brox's stream more. was really reliable before we started scrims and ruined it for all his fans. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I, I feel like I've been streaming more than ever these past two months, and half of it definitely has been the pandemic, but it has also been due to a very unfortunate fact being us finishing ninth place, mm. giving me a lot of free time all of a sudden. Mm. And while having all that free time, there was a pandemic going on, and I didn't really get to experience much here in, in LA, you know, other yeah. than my, my beautiful computer here. <laughs> um, so I decided to take the opportunity to practice and, and stream and have a good time that way tactical are you if, on the grind you on the stream not the grind? streaming grind no what i don't like streaming as much because my focus is hindered mm -hmm. and i don't like it when i'm not able to play my best because of a distraction mm. so i get annoyed by that but you know it's not had to stream once no once if I stream once in a while it'll be fine because I will not think about it. But if I start to stream more often, I'll think about like the chat more. I'll mm -hmm. think about trying to interact more. But then I feel like if I just stream just less, I'm able to focus more and try to improve myself better that way. Streaming is really hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. how people yeah. can stream for like ten hours every day. For the whole year, I don't know. I can't. I don't understand that. Streaming is very hard. Ten um, hours is a lot for sure. For for yeah, me, it yeah. took some time to get used to as well. Because in the beginning, yeah. I had, I, I found it so weird, <laughs> even just sitting and and like talking, but talking to someone who I could only you know communicate with through a chat. Like that <laughs> felt a bit weird to me. Um, but also, it is really exhausting. But I've been streaming so much and for for some years now, so it, it feels like. It is a little bit more exhausting than just playing and you know mm -hmm. chilling for yourself, but um, at the same time, often it can also be really cool to have someone to to share the good and the bad moments. Yeah, with. I'm a I'm a full time streamer, so it's definitely like mentally, it's more mentally exhausting than I think people realize. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you got a chat that you have to entertain for like ten hours, and then when you feel like you're not entertaining, well, not ten hours, but you know, some people go crazy, um, you know, and then you got to feel like you got to play better too when you're streaming. Cause if you don't play better then the chat's mad at you, that's how I feel anyways. <laughs> like, I feel like I don't have to, but I, I feel like maybe if you're a pro like you guys, then, and you're not playing up to your standards or I guess maybe chat's standards, they feel like they're, um, I guess they're like a little more mean. Is that, did they get mean? I don't, for me, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's me. I just want to play to my standards all. Mm -hmm. But streaming might not let me do that more like more often than not. Because you're too busy paying attention to chat. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even if I don't want to pay attention, I'll eventually look at the chat. You look over, yeah. Or, like, <laughs> just because it's there and I see something new to change on the screen, I look at it and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I read it. <laughs> Multitasking can be hard, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like you're kind of like trying to impress them at the same time. Like, you want to show them. Yeah, I want to show how them. how good you are. Yeah. But like, yeah, you want to be like, oh, I play like this all the time. But if you're not playing on stream, then you're allowed to, you know, not play too well, I guess. I, I actually think this goes back to the point from earlier about, like, if, if I stream and I have a horrible game, people in the chat can be angry, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be so much more angry at myself, so I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> Like they, if they're you know mean enough, I can just time out them and, and they're gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Generally speaking, most people are like, "Oh, it's fine. It happens to the best." You know, we, we're gonna Aww. get you through the next one. We got this. <laughs> oh, they're so sweet. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like you got enough people there to support you, and they they understand when you have a bad game. Definitely, you're just streaming. Do you ever look back on your vods to like critique yourself? Uh, yeah, I, I've done that. That sometimes um, one thing uh, I noticed through streaming, actually, which was like at the start, maybe like two years ago, was that I was I was swearing quite a lot compared to what I thought. Because you know when mm-hmm. you just sit and you have you have a habit of, of swearing or doing whatever oh, you yeah. don't really <laughs> notice because it's just like in your routine. But then I realized like, wow, I actually swear quite a lot, and now I'm. I'm at the point where I very rarely swear, swear honestly. Like if I swear, I'm usually you know like I'm actually fuming. Like so, if I swear on stream now, the chat is like, oh, he, sw- <laughs> he said a bad word. Oh no! Oh, that's kind <laughs> of funny. I, I know the stats through through streaming, so that was really funny. Yeah, do you ever watch like their vods to uh, critique them, or do you watch their streams at all? Uh, I watch their streams just oftentimes. I I probably keep a earlier rising schedule because I actually do several meetings before I talk to these guys at the start of the day. So I'm usually up pretty early, which means I go to bed late. So like Mm -hmm. if they're streaming at like 11 or 12, I'll watch it kind of like as I'm going to sleep. Um, In terms of like critiquing, that's what scrimming is. Like we play the game, we talk about the game, we play the game, we talk about the game. So Mm -hmm. in a sense, yeah. Do you guys ever say Twitch emotes in person by accident and then you feel like an idiot? I feel like tactical. I feel like I, I, feel, like, I feel like tactical does that hundred yeah. percent. I say it on purpose, not an accident. Yeah. That's just part of his brand. <laughs> part of your brand, Poggies? What's what's your favorite Poggies. what's your favorite Twitch emote? Current. Me? Current favorite yeah. Twitch emote. Because I'm sure it changes. I don't know, there's too many. I I really like like the Pepe emos, they're oh, really Pepe good. Pepe is great. Give me a top five. Yeah, <laughs> no, just there's so many, there's so many, so much variety. <laughs> I'm not sure. Anka W looks pretty funny to me. You I like uh, one head. One head's great. I've never guys. seen that. Oh, you gotta search up one head. <laughs> it's I search up right now. So funny. So what the heck? <laughs> what is this? I mean, the most Such common I've seen is three head, five head. Four house is a good one. Yeah, four house. <laughs> <laughs> one head's really good. Tactical paid for yeah. Discord Nitro so we could have more emotes in chat. <laughs> oh, Keck W. Papeg is great. I get that I one in my Papega. chat a lot. Yeah. I like using... I, I Emotes are a part of me. I feel like I hate when I'm like talking to a person IRL. I was at dinner the other day. 
and I accidentally said weird champ. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so weird champ. And my whole family was like, and then I was like, I got to think about what I just said. I can't, I can't be saying Twitch emotes at the dinner table, man. That's so embarrassing. No one knows what I'm talking about. It's just a matter yeah. of time until they're part of, you know, Marion Webster. I feel like that happened with <laughs> LOL. People just say lol. Oh, yeah. Uh, lol. Yeah. Like, it's like you normal. You laugh like, instead, but, you know, no, it's just it's No just one laughs anymore. It's, cool. <laughs> it's lol now. I definitely say lol out loud. Yep. Embarrassing. Um, just give it time. When, just give it some time. I feel like people have come around to Poggers. internet lingo now. Poggers. <laughs> Poggies. Poggies. <laughs> uh, you don't use emote talk, do you, Jat? Uh, I mean, I think I've caught myself saying pog. I think that's the only one I'll use in real life. Yes. <laughs> Just pog. Yes. Like if something... I feel like pog is very yeah. common now. Simple. Yeah. Simple. Pog. Yeah. Yeah, definitely say that when something's excited. Oh, that's so pog. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's embarrassing. Um, let's, let's throw some nice compliments at each other here. Uh, Brock's like tactical. What do you guys value about Jat? About Jat. <laughs> I like everything. Just kidding. Um, Thanks, bud. Oh. <laughs> you don't I do like, like everything? So you don't yeah, like of everything. I do, of course I like everything. <laughs> yeah, I like everything. Oh. So precious. <laughs> That's all you want to say? <laughs> so, Just everything? Yeah, everything. It's been good so far. I um, I think what I... I mean, I like quite a, a few things about him, luckily enough. But I think one one of the things I've been um, the most impressed about, I guess, is his willingness to to learn and how open he is uh, towards feedback from anyone and just um, just trying to to see what the team is like, what we did last split, respect all the values and routines and the structure we had back then, and then slowly start to to adapt things a little bit along the way um but but i think his openness towards uh, feedback and, and discussions and um just in general towards towards everyone is really really important i uh i appreciate tactical's willingness to use emojis uh <laughs> and educate the world on what all of the new uh, the new things that kids are saying these days. So I can stay youthful just by being around uh, tactical. You know, being born in 87, I need to know what these uh, Zoomers are thinking about. <laughs> so I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate tactical's yes. willingness uh, to not be shy. Um, <clears throat> and also just like how, how open he is in sharing his opinions and expressing his ideas about the game because I think a lot of other uh young players who come from academy onto a team with such experienced players would be like way more shy. So I'm glad the tactical is not. Um, mm-hmm. And for Broxa, I really love his dedication. Um, and also just like the, as far as I can tell the personality he has on stream, like his persona for a lot of people, there's like a persona version and then there's like a version that's normal. Broxa is just a nice guy. Like Broxa's I, Broxa. yeah, I really appreciate how he, you know, he doesn't get tilted. Like we could be having a brutal scrim and Broxa will be doing everything possible to try and win every single practice game. So like that over time, I think can be infectious and make us a better team. So uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate that about Broxa. 
We, we got to hear the we got to hear the Brox at a tactical tactical to Brox. So I, u- I use the two I use the two best ones. So. <laughs> you did actually, you did, and I'm gonna use the exact same ones too. No, you, you have to it. come up with something different. I'll do the same. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Give me some time. We can give you some time. Pepe. 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 Think. Pepe. Think. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, I mean I can start. Mine is is, is it's kind of similar to jazz, but, but not really. I mean, I feel like it's gonna count. Um, I think um, as Jazz already mentioned, it's pretty impressive the tactical coming in as a rookie. How um, open he is, willing to share his opinion, and I think his energy is actually really important for the team. Um, uh, as mentioned earlier, something I was told to that I needed to bring a lot of coming in, and now um, someone even younger than me with a lot more energy um, is coming in and will really, yeah, just spread some really um, spread a lot of motivation, a lot of um, eagerness, willingness to learn, and I think um, having that on the team and having that different perspective. Um, can be really, it's really nice for all of us. Tactic? <laughs> nice. Okay. First, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to educate everyone with the Twitch emotes. Mm. The Zoomer talk? Yeah, the Zoomer, the Zoomers, the Zoomer talks. And one thing, or more than one thing, I like about Roxa. Dude, his his voice is pretty insane. No, <laughs> it's so it's so it's so stable and consistent. Sometimes I even said to him once during a scrim, he like talked about his early game plan. I'm like, wow, it sounds like you're commentating a game or something. <laughs> I'm like, dang, this is pretty cool. Because um, out of all of us, I think you're the one that has like a standalone mic, not like a headset mic. So like you have like the one of the better quality mics, but then we were just, I'm like, wow, it sounds like I'm listening to like a broadcast or <laughs> it, I don't know, that's sort of random, I guess. But, uh, I actually don't use this mic when we're screaming. Oh, though, you so don't? The, the beautiful voice you hear in, in, in screams <laughs> is straight out of the headset. <laughs> oh, my bad. Never mind then. Damn, okay. The consistent Never mind. voice. I see that's how consistent it is. No matter yeah, what mic consistent. you use, it's the same. You cannot compress his audio quality. It comes from his it's too good. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> like out of anything, that's what you choose. And yeah. It's so funny because after just a couple of days of scrims, Tiat said the same <laughs> thing about how, how funny it is that my voice, like when, when I make plans or when I make calls, it's like it, it sounds so calm and it's like in, in kind of a similar tone. So it's like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. Maybe it's we just need really to see clear. That's what we I can like do it. about that. Yeah. yeah, it's always really clear because. Some people, people like me sometimes, I stutter or I can't even speak English. It sounds like deb, deb, blah. Or, yeah. So I like that clear, concise communication. The voice. Yeah, the voice. All right. I guess, I guess we can wrap it up on that compliment tactical. <laughs> <laughs> No, I appreciate you guys being here so much. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast for this the second podcast episode. I um, hope you guys enjoyed being on. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. time out of your day for to sure. uh, to join me. Um, appreciate it a lot. Thanks, guys.
Broxa, I'm going to start with you. You can uh, throw your your socials out there where people can find you. My socials? Oh, go check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. At Broxa, Broxalol. Um, yeah, just uh, find me out there. I'm a... Uh, Trying to, to become a Zoomer as well with the help of Tactical, so I'm sure I'm going to have some interesting socials. <laughs> and Jat, where can people find you? Uh, damn, Brox is a king of social. Twitch is big. I, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm uh, TLJat with an underscore on Twitter and EsportsJat on Instagram because I guess I haven't changed that one yet. Brox has 100K on Instagram. And he's modeling what? all the most recent Team Liquid apparel, as far as I can tell. Damn, okay, but wait, you're, you're supposed to advertise huge. your socials, not mine. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, not that I complain. The but point of a coach is to enable his so players much. as much as possible. Wow. So Brox's I like this pop in Instagram is what you need to check out. <laughs> and uh, Tactical, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Tactical on Twitch and on Twitter. Ooh, also... Do you have a, Don't forget have a in the TikTok? first week of LCS. I feel like TikTok is where all the kids are these days. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. You'll see all the Zoomer memes. <laughs> I, t- I tweet every day. I promise. Zoomer and, memes? Yeah. Zoomer <laughs> memes. Every day. Every day. No matter what. I'm going to hold you on to that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> all right, just kidding. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, t- t- tactical on Twitter, Twitch. Also, don't forget to tune in for week one of LCS for me against TSM. Oh, yeah. By four more org. And I guess it's double lift. Yep. (laughs) See you there. (laughs) Thank you guys so much again for being here. Appreciate it so much. I'm Avery, and you can follow me on twitch.tv slash Avery or Twitter and Instagram at Avery Ham. Be sure to hit the follow button on whatever app you're listening on, and be sure to rate us five stars on Apple. Thank you guys so much.